You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. We're going to pray in a moment. God has something to tell you today. He's going to speak through me. Because he uses the foolish to confound the wise. Amen? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you and give you glory and honor today. Father, this is your season, as Pastor John loves to say. And this is our season as your children. And Father, we pray, if anyone came in here that doesn't know Jesus Christ, like the young man this morning, that they would walk to the front and give their hearts to you today. If anyone came in here facing a financial mountain that seems insurmountable, it would be moved today. If anyone came in here sick in their body, Emotionally oppressed, depressed, lonely, worried about their future, maybe suicidal. Father, in the name of Jesus, let your word come true in their life, that you love them, you have a great plan for them, and that you care for them. Holy Spirit, speak through me to your people. I pray that everyone here hears exactly what they need to hear from you. Help me to get out of the way. Father, we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God's got a message for you. How many of you enjoy the Christmas season? How many of you feel like the lights and everything, you feel a little lighter, you know? You know you're going to spend time with family. Isn't it great? Amen? You know, I love the Santa outreach that we did yesterday. I love it. Like, I come here. I don't put the elf ears on or the reindeer ears, but I love Seeing everybody doing that, seeing grown men with reindeer ears on is really cool. Um, but we had such a great time. People were prayed for. You know, this is what it's all about. And people were just happy. And then we're going to have the Christmas competition later. And after people get over the ones that lose, everybody will be happy because we'll be all eating cookies. But my favorite thing is Christmas Eve service. We come here from 5 to 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve. And uh, we praise the Lord together. Sometimes we do a little skit or a video, but nothing too heavy. And then at the end, we all raise a candle together and sing. And then we go and spend the rest of the night with our families that we love so much. And some that make us a little, you know. <laughs> but, we, but you know what? It's such a great time. I encourage you to come to that Christmas Eve service. It's only an hour. There's no long preaching or anything. We make sure you get out at 6 so you can have all that fun you're going to have when you go home. Amen? Amen? But let me tell you something. Before Jesus, around the holiday time, I didn't feel good. I don't know about you, but I would start to get depressed. You know, I, I would start to feel, I guess what they call the holiday blues. I don't know why they call it that, but I would just start to feel down. Maybe thinking about the reality of my situation. Maybe for the first time stopping and actually thinking about where I was in life. I tell this story all the time, so I'll tell it again. Uh, I got, I'm sort of ACDC, or what is it called? ADDDC, <laughs> or whatever it might be. Um, but I remember before Christ, I was in Staten Island in a, in a, in a, in a club, and uh, I remember the song by John Lennon coming on. And so this is Christmas, and what have you done? I hope it's a good one. And I remember thinking to myself, and so what? It didn't mean anything to me until I met Jesus, the reason for the season. And you know, if you don't know him, 
God wants you to know him. And if you do know him, God wants to get your attention this Christmas season. Amen? Because some of us that know him need a wake-up call. Amen? Some of us need a wake-up call. Let's look at the story of Mary and how God didn't just get her attention, but he got the attention of the whole world. Are you ready, hon? I have this really beautiful lady to read the Christmas story to you. Okay, she's going to be the Christmas storyteller today. Do you have a microphone? You're going to need a microphone. You're so prepared, honey, already. Come on. Isn't it great when you can call on somebody like this to read the Christmas story for you? You know, last week I was telling you, I'm blessed. I get to wake up next to the happiest person on earth. I really do. And I told Sarah Crawford and her sister Cynthia, you are definitely in second place. Because you're always happy. How many of you get to wake up next to the happiest person on earth? Oh, she's... Oh, you're in church. You don't want to lie. Okay, I got you. You better raise your hand, guys. Man, are you crazy? Anyway... We're going to read from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38 right now. So if you'd like to join with us. All right. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you, therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Since I have the mic, I want to share just a couple hours of how good God is. Just kidding. She wanted to share how God brought me to her and how blessed she was that, that I showed up on the train. Amen. Listen. <laughs> You're laughing like that couldn't be true. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, God interrupted Mary's life, sent an angel 
and she just came into his life. The angel just came in and, and changed her world. Listen to me. God wants to interrupt your life this Christmas. God wants to change your world. He wants to talk to some people. He's got a message for you. How do I know that? Because he interrupted me last week. I had preached last week about not being stressed out, and by Monday I was totally stressed out. <laughs> because when you preach something, you'll always be tested. And by Wednesday I was like, oh my God. And then all of a sudden God interrupted me. And he said, the things that are going on haven't changed how I feel about you, about my plan for you, how much I love you, and how much I want you to accomplish. He interrupted me. God wants to interrupt you. Some people yesterday, they came here for pictures with Santa, but they ended up being prayed for. God wants to interrupt our lives this holiday season. And not just people that don't know him, but people that know him, but have like lost their way. Amen? Amen. Or people that have forgotten who they are and what they're called to do and how much God loves them. Amen? Every song we sang today, is, I mean, we could have stopped right there and I could have just went, Jesus. Because it was, it was all about what the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to us today about. And it is the Holy Spirit speaking through the worship, speaking through the word, all these different things, speaking through your spouse. Yes, the Holy Spirit speaks through your spouse. That's why sometimes your spouse says something that you don't want to hear. You got to sit back and say, that could be the Holy Spirit. Sometimes my wife's voice and the Holy Spirit sound a lot alike. There we go. I knew I'd get an amen for that. I want to let you know that God's message to Mary is the same message he wants to give to you. Because I don't, you know, I don't want to step on Catholicism, but Mary was just a woman, a special woman, a woman highly favored, but no different than me or you. And God will speak to us the same way he will speak to her. How many of you have ever had an angel interrupt your life and talk to you? Whoa! More hands went up than I thought. Did the angel look like Alicia? <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's like, you know, like we always think of angels and everything. And this, but this was a male. This was Gabriel, the same angel that talked to Daniel, the same one that had just talked to Zacharias and told him that his wife Elizabeth would get pregnant. They were too old to have babies, but the angel said you would. And because of Zacharias' reaction, he, he got his mouth shut. Because sometimes the best thing we can do when we hear a word of God is just shut our mouth before we talk ourselves out of what he just told us. But that's another message for another day. But I want you to see three things about God's message to Mary that is his message to you. Number one is this. It says this in Luke 128. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord, oh, they, they're putting up obstacles for me right now. They're trying to shake me up, but I am not moved. <laughs> Unless that candle's lit and it's on fire right now. Thank you, Pastor Kim. The angel said to her, rejoice. Hey, everybody, rejoice right now. Amen. Rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice means 
have joy again. If you came in here and you had a fight with your husband, go back to where you were before the fights. Rejoice. Rejoice. Highly favored one. Highly favored one. The Lord is with you and blessed are you among women. The first thing I want you to realize here is that you are highly favored. Amen. You are highly favored. You are highly favored. Now look at the person next to you and say, you are highly favored. Okay. So if you didn't believe me, you can believe the person that just looked at you and said you're highly favored. But finally, listen, do you know who you listen to more than anybody else? No. You. I said, you know who you listen to more than anybody else? You. You know, there are times when I'm talking to my wife and I'm asking her to do something for me and she's going like this, but inside she's going like this. <laughs> and I know because I did something to make her go like this, even though she's saying yes. Or my children, when I ask them to do something for me, yeah, Dad, I'll take care of it. And inside they're like, no, Dad, I'm not doing it. Because really, the one you listen to more than anyone else is yourself. That's why you don't need to be convinced by me. You don't need to be con convinced by the person next to you. You need to be convinced. So let's try this. I am highly favored. Let's try that again. I am highly favored. Let's try one more time. I am highly favored. Do you believe you? Because you can talk yourself into all kinds of stuff. People talk themselves into jumping off a building. I was speaking earlier about, you know, there are different times I look in the mirror and I see different things. You know, we have young women who are beautiful who come up here for prayer and say, I don't like what I look like. And, and our, our ladies that are praying over them is like, you're beautiful. You know? And, and there are times that I look in the mirror and, and I see a, somebody that needs to lose weight. But lately, when I look in the, mi the mirror, I see someone who has an eight-pack. <laughs> I don't know what the other two is, but I'm willing to believe it looks good. <laughs> because it's all about your perception and, and, and what you think. Amen? Amen? You know what I'm saying? It's like when your wife says, how do I look in this? You automatically just say, fantastic. <laughs> you never say, not good. You're just stupid then. Amen? But you know what? You are highly favored. And that word really means highly graced. It's the Greek word charitu, which comes from the Greek word charis, which is the word for grace. It means you've been graced. And the only other time it's used in the New Testament is Ephesians chapter 1. So we praise God for the, this is it, highly favored. High favor, highly favored, glorious grace he has poured out on who? Us. On who? Us. On who? Us. Are you in us? <laughs> then his grace has been poured out on you. So we praise God. We praise God. 
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We praise God. See, if you can praise him for it, you'll know you have it. Why do you praise God? Oh, I praise you, Lord. I praise you. I praise you because you poured out your grace upon me. See, that's how you appropriate grace. One of the ways is by praising God for what you have. So we praise God who has poured out this glorious grace on us. We praise God because he has highly, highly favored us. Do you know that? Do you appreciate it? So when that worship music plays, you should be up and saying, thank you. We praise you. Thank you for your favor. Thank you that you chose to favor me. Thank you that you poured it out on me. Amen? Amen. So the first thing we need to understand is we are highly, <laughs> not lowly, not with mediocrity. We are highly favored. And Mary was highly favored, wasn't she? Because the next thing he said to her was this. And it's back in Luke chapter 1. said, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you, Mary. How many of you have the Lord with you? I said, how many have the Lord with them? That means wherever you go, the Lord is with you. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes where? To live in you. Jesus said, when I leave, I won't leave you alone. The other aspect of God, of the Trinity, comes to live inside of you. So he is always with you. Never alone. I was telling the story about when before Christ, uh, I got into a gang fight. Anybody? They don't do that anymore. <laughs> and <I've got laughs> all the guys over 40 are like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> West Side Story. No. <laughs> it's like, again, you know, and, and, and these guys were coming to beat me and my friends up, and for some reason they chose me and my other friend. We were the two that had to face there like Goliath. These guys were on the football team. I don't know why they didn't like me. I was a lover, not a fighter. I don't know. I, I don't get it. You know, some people, they just want to. So they come, and we were in the parking lot, and all of a sudden the two of them are, you know, and I got like 15 friends, and he's got, they got like 100 friends. So after they beat us up, the rest of them are going to beat us up. It's like, this is going to be ugly. So I told one of my friends, go up the street and get the other guys. And these other guys were five years older than us. They were crazy, okay? They've been in made-for-TV movies, all right? That's how bad these guys were. Pastor Kev, you know who I'm talking about, because you're from that neighborhood. But, uh, my friend went up there, and all of a sudden the fight was on, and the next thing you know, everything stopped, and everybody looked this way, and there was like 50 guys coming, and they had bats, they had whatever else they had, I'm not going to say it, but they had it, and these dudes ran, and as they were running, I went over there, and I was like, yeah, you better run, get out of here, like all of a sudden I was empowered, I was like, yeah, don't come back, and forget what I look like. <laughs> Because they're not going to be with me tomorrow. But the point being, when you have somebody bigger on your side than what he has on his side, you win. If God is for you, nothing can be against you. 
And that's what God was saying. He's saying, I'm coming into the world now and everything's about to change. Some of you have lived this life without God on your side. Today is your day to live as a winner with God on your side. You can't lose. You've been fighting a war without the champion on your team. And that was my whole life before having him. I could have never become a member of the exchange as a high school dropout and a felon, never, without God on my side. I could have never married one woman and had six, count it, six kids. I could have never passed to the church, started the church in a hotel room, and been here without God on my side, never. But with God on your side, if God be for you, who can be against you? And Matthew 1, Matthew wrote about this situation with Mary, and he said this, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. That prophet is the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 7, verse 14. And I love this. When, God, when you read God's word, that's God speaking to you, okay? This is God. Listen. Listen. You know, when things are going on in my house and everybody's talking and I can't get everybody's attention, I go, everybody better listen up. Or cell phones are going off, rent isn't getting paid, <laughs> pockets aren't being opened, wallets are being closed. Listen. And that's what God is saying to you this year and this Christmas season. Listen. Listen. Because we go through life and half the time we're not listening. Or we're listening to some other voice. God wants to get your attention. Listen. The virgin will conceive a child, she'll give birth to a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Wow. God was like, I'm now going to be with you. And it's going to start with Mary. And then my son is going to die on the cross, and then he's going to be with all of you. He's not going to be with you physically, but he's going to be with you spiritually, living, literally, inside of you. That means those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus, wherever they go, God is there. So why would you fight any battle without him? When someone comes to you and says, I'm sick, I need healing, why wouldn't you pray for them? The God lives inside of you. When negative thoughts come to you or negative things come your way, circumstances say, you know what? God is for me. Nothing can be against me. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me, I shall condemn because God is with me. You cannot live this life without being aware that you have God inside of you. Act like it. He is with you. And number three, he, they, they said to her, the angel said to her, blessed are you among women. Blessed are you, Mary, among your peers. Blessed are you among all the people of the world. Let me tell you something right now. You, you don't hear it in church a lot, but I'll say it to you, okay? A lot of people are going to hell. Yeah. Somebody said, uh-oh, that's right. A lot of people are going to hell. Because if there weren't a lot of people going to hell, there wouldn't be an empty seat in this place right here. Let's face the facts, everybody. Not everybody puts their trust in Jesus. People die in their sins. 
They hear the gospel message and they reject it. It's just a fact. It's a tragic fact. And our whole existence as a church and as a people is to make sure that those people hear the gospel and have the opportunity to have their life changed, to have their life interrupted, to have the, the sun in their heart and for the Holy Spirit to dwell in them and for them to spend eternity in heaven. That's our mission. That's what we're here for. But he said to Mary, he said, you're blessed. You've been chosen among everybody else. How many of you have friends that died without Jesus? Come on, be honest now. How many of uh, like the most of the people you grew up, they died from different things? Or people have fallen on your right hand, fallen on your left hand, and you're still standing because God chose you. He chose you. I think about this, I can't even breathe almost in a good way. It's like you chose me. Me? Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 6, it's right after that other verse that we read, where in verse 5 it says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus. God decided. Who decided? God. To adopt us? But I want you, some of you here were adopted. Some of you have adopted kids. And you would do your best as parents, to make sure your adopted kids felt like they were, they were your own kids. But not everybody does that. And some kids that were adopted, when they heard that, it, it broke their heart because the love of the parents wasn't there or they felt like they were treated differently. But I want you to know this. This adopt is not the kind of adopt that we think of as adoption. This literally means, in the Greek, that he has made you his son. He has made you his daughter. Amen? That song, I'm a child of God. I don't know any of the other words to that song. I really like that song because what I hear is, I am a child of God. And that's all I need to hear. Are you a child of God? You know, as a parent that would go out of their way to make an adopted child feel like they were part of the family in the wholeness, uh, as, as fully as they possibly could, how much more God? How much more, God? Now, me, uh, my parents, no. Some of you, your parents, no, they didn't. They, you were theirs, but they made you feel adopted. <laughs> they didn't care. But I love this. This is what he wanted to do. I can't. This is what he wanted to do. He wanted me. He wanted you. It was his decision. I said, he wanted you. This is what he wanted. And some of you are here, and you've never given your heart to the Lord. But he wants you. He wants you. And like that young man earlier today, one prayer can change it all. You can be a son or daughter of God today. You mean he wanted me, the mess I was? Do you remember the mess you were? 
before you came to Jesus? That's it, Brian. Put both hands up and a leg. I'd put up another leg, but I don't know how I would stand up. This is what he wanted to do. And look at this. It gave him great pleasure. <laughs> when I do this, it means I can't believe it. No wonder Mary said, how could this be? It gave him pleasure to choose you and bring him into his family. And he planned it a long time ago. And it came to pass and it made him happy. It makes me think of Psalm 3527, one of my favorite verses. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad. Can you just shout for joy and be glad for a moment? Do you know that acting in joy brings joy? Do you know that when you smile at people, it brings joy? Do you know when you rejoice with the joy tank that you have, and if you're a believer, you have a tank full of joy inside here. You have a tank full of joy. And when you access that joy, it brings joy to others. You know, yesterday, you come into Grace Church, and, I, you know, Pastor Willie, he comes here and preaches, and he preaches all over the world. And he says to me, Pastor Joe, you got a great church. He says, your people are, they, they celebrate people, they love, they treat me good. Do you know how that makes me feel? My joy tank just explodes. I'm like, hallelujah. It does. Because to hear that from a mighty man of God says, you know what? We're doing something right. I mean, everybody smile right now. I see the fake ones. Come on, a real smile. Johnny, I know you can do it. He's like this. <laughs> no, really smile. You could change somebody's day with that. With some joy. Listen, this is what he wanted to do. It brought him great pleasure, so we should praise God for that. Amen? We should praise God that he chose us. Ooh. Thank you, Lord. You mean when you went into that pickle barrel, you kept moving them aside, and you found me at the bottom, and right next to me was Pastor John. <laughs> Amen. Listen, all these things he said to Mary... But he said some of the same things to Zacharias, and Zacharias ended up getting his mouth shut. Because Zacharias' reaction wasn't what Mary's was. And if we want to see supernatural results in our life, we need to look at how Mary responded to God's interruption and God's amazing message. What a message! You're highly favored. I'm going to be with you, and I've chosen you to do something great. How many of you know that God has chosen you to do something great? You should know it, because he did. The first thing it says here is that she said, how can this be, in verse 34? How can this be, since I don't know a man? How can this be, seeing the circumstances I'm in? How can I pay my bills when I have nothing in my bank account? How can I be healed when I have a tumor in my body? How can my marriage survive when we can't talk to each other? How? 
How? How? How can it happen? But she wasn't in doubt. She just said, logically, I don't see how this can happen. And you know what? When you're in that place, you're in a good place. Because you're like, God, all right, but how? All right, God, but how? And the angel had an answer. I I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me. Talk to God about your situation. You know what he'll do? He'll answer you. Talk to God about your financial situation. He'll answer you. Talk to God about your sickness. He'll answer you. Talk to God about your depression. He'll answer you. Talk to God about your marriage. He'll answer you if you'll listen. And his answer will be this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power, the dunamis, the miraculous power of the Most High will overshadow you. And I'm just like, I'm just thinking, whoa. Speak to me a little more about this, God. And this happened to be at 5 in the morning because I still can't sleep a whole night. Anybody? Not sleeping so good? Raise your hand. Hi, come on. That's all us old people. All us old people over 30. Um, so, you know, every week if I say, like, like a couple weeks ago I said I was having a problem with my smell, Jordan said, eat zinc. You know, I, ate, I think I ate the wrong form of zinc, though. I almost died. Um, so last week I was like, I can't sleep really good. And somebody told my wife to tell me to take a spoonful of honey. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound so bad. But I'm a little concerned. Because if I have coffee after noon, it's all over. I'm not sleeping for days. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? You have a cappuccino at 1 o'clock, you're done. Okay? So I'm a little nervous about this honey thing. I'm going to try this honey thing. I'm going to give it a shot. I don't know why, but I think honey's good for you. Amen? Right? Come from bees, just what I want, like a little honey. But, um, you know, so I'm up at 5 in the morning, and I'm like, Lord, all right, the Holy Spirit will come on you, the power of the highest will overshadow you, blah, blah, blah. Let's move to the next scripture. No, no, no. <laughs> and the Lord was showing me that, you know, when the Holy Spirit appears as a, sh when, it, when it overshadows you, a shadow dissipates light. And in the Old Testament, and, and this is talking, this overshadowing is obviously talking about God's glory cloud, his Shekinah glory. You know what that is, right? His glory that falls in places when the Holy Spirit just gets really powerful. Amen? It's right here today if you'll become more aware of his presence. I love that song. See, what that song's saying is, look, the Holy Spirit's there, but become more aware of that fact. It's not that we have to go, hey, Holy Spirit, could you come here? Could you come to North Brunswick? Could you come to Grace Church? The Holy Spirit's here. The question is, are we aware of that? Because it's in the, the awareness of it that he manifests and he does miraculous things. So he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Now, in the Old Testament, when the priest would go into the Holy of Holies where God's presence was, he had to throw incense on the fire so there would be a cloud so he couldn't see God face to face because if he did, he would die. And that cloud is like the Holy Spirit. And here is the answer about what happened to Mary when the Holy Spirit came upon her and overshadowed her. I don't know. And neither do you. We don't know. Because there are some things that we can't see. But God still does it. Listen, 
I'm a pastor of a church, and there's over 400 people coming every week to listen to me. That makes no sense. Makes no sense. I was a senior vice president of a $25 billion company. When I got there, they were worth $5 million. I'm a high school dropout. I left high school in the ninth grade. Don't any of you kids drop out of high school. <laughs> Bad. But you look back and you say, I never, ever, I never thought I'd make it past the age of 30, but I never thought I'd have a wife this beautiful and have six kids. Never. I went to a friend's funeral and a bunch of people from my old neighborhood came there. And all they said to me is, man, how did you get such a beautiful wife? I wanted you to say how good I look. I don't care. Oh, they were like, where'd you get the beautiful wife? Where'd you get those beautiful kids? What are you trying to say to me? <laughs> Am I not beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, everybody. That overshadowing, that cloud comes over, you really don't know. You just, I, I don't know how it happened. I just know that it happened. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when he overshadows you, something happens. Look around at everybody in this church. Everybody here at one time didn't know Jesus. Right. Could you imagine if we went back to that time and we were all here, what might happen? No. <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. Something happened. And we don't have to know. We don't have to know. Sometimes we want to know. Mary was like, logically, this can't happen. But she, eventually she was like, but let it happen. Logically, if you have no, bank account, no money in your account, you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. Robert had this great testimony a couple weeks ago. He told me he was like out of nowhere, and he still has no idea how it happened. He had a financial breakthrough in his life. I look at some marriages out here, some people that I counsel with my wife, and I'll tell you, I don't know how it happened, but they got kids now. And they're happy. And they're happy. <laughs> Say amen. <laughs> I mean, things sometimes just happen. Number two, in verse 36, the angel said this, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, also conceived the son in her old age. Hmm. Look what I did for your cousin. She was too old to have a baby, but she's got a baby. Amen? Look what I did for your cousin. Look what God did for Monique and Kenneth. Oh, Lord. You know... It, we've come to the point in the world where we celebrate everything. And there's a party for everything. So these, these new things called reveal parties. 
First Jasmine had one, it was more like a wedding, okay? It wasn't a reveal party. They, they had it in like a wedding venue, you know? And they, you know, I don't know if Jamie had to like say an oath. I don't know what it was. I saw it on Facebook, I'm like, dang, did they get remarried? Why am I not doing it? It was a reveal party. So like, you know, you pop a balloon or something, right? You guys, nobody knows who, what the baby is. And you pop a balloon, if it's blue, it's a boy. If it's pink or something, it's a girl. I don't know how they do this whole thing. It's so cool. I'm sure you guys are going to have a big party. Anyway, so Monique and Kenneth came here, and they made the big mistake of letting us pray for them to have another baby. Because if you come to Grace Church and ask for that prayer, you're not just getting one. So they got twins. I remember saying, like, you sure you want us to pray for you? Now, you sure? <laughs> So yesterday they had this big party. I saw it on Facebook. And uh, they had these balloons, you know? And they didn't know. So they popped one balloon. I just learned this. I'm like, Alicia, what's going on? <laughs> so their son had like, like a steak knife. I was like, what is about to happen here? Or their daughter. Their daughter had like a, a poker thing. Yeah. It was, no, no, it was, the, it was your daughter. It was a daughter, hon. I watched this closely. Their daughter had a knife. I was concerned. <laughs> so they pick up the daughter with a knife, and she comes to the balloon, and she goes, pop. And I saw all this blue. And I was like, what does that mean? She goes, boy. Well, they got two girls. Hallelujah. And then I saw Kenneth dancing around. Because <laughs> he thought he wanted a boy so bad. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> Listen, girls, they stay with you, man. The boys, they go somewhere. Then they come back. But, uh... <laughs> you know, we, us, man, we, we want a boy, we want a boy. I want more daughters. Because <laughs> they're wonderful. Daughters are wonderful. I love sons, too. I, we're just having fun here, okay? <laughs> and I'm just ad libbing because I have no idea where I am right now. My message is on... Just trying to, I'm ad-libbing because somewhere I got lost <laughs> with balloons popping and. No, but it's like God just, he just blessed you like, right? He just, it just happened. <laughs> it just happened for you. The Holy Spirit just overshadowed you too and you got pregnant, amen? And it, it just happens. But no, it just happened because God, you know, this is how God does it. And then, and then when they're born, you look back and you forget how it happened. And you just, it's just a miracle. It's just amazing. Because with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing. But there may be a woman here right now, and you want to have a baby. And doctors told you you couldn't. And you try and try and try, and nothing happens. Look what he did. Look what he does. There's been numerous women that have come here that said, I'll never be have a baby. We prayed for them, and they had a baby. And that's what God was saying. Look at Elizabeth. What was impossible has been made possible by me. Look. Look what God did with Jamie. Look what God did with Roger. Look what God did with Kenny. Look what God did with Jack. He used to be a biker, man. I knew him. Before he got saved, scary, 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 scary. 
Them big motorcycle people and stuff like that. Aren't you scared of them? I'm scared of them. I'm scared. But now this man has given his heart to the Lord. He's a great husband and father. I mean, look what God has done. He'll do the same for you. Look what he did with this. He'll do mess. Thanks, honey. <laughs> there are times you love when your wife interrupts you, like to say glory or something. Look what God has done with this mess. Okay. Good, good word, hon. Very good word. <laughs> and so you know what Mary said next? Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. I love it. She got away from herself for a second. And she said, behold, there's a highly favored one. There's one who has been chosen. There is one who has been blessed, and it's me. You know, he wants to do it. Can you get away? Can you get out of the way? So many of us give God reasons not to bless us. God, I could give you plenty of reasons not to bless me. I made so many mistakes, and I continue to. I, you can give God reasons, but guess what? He wants to, so shut up. And just get outside yourself and say, Behold, Praveen, the one God wants to bless. Behold, Michelle, the one God wants to bless who's highly favored. Behold. Step out of yourself and behold who you are in his eyes. Amen? And we're going to finish right now with this. Finally, in verse 38. This is what Mary said. <laughs> Someday I'm going to have to bring the scripture with me so I don't have to go back and down. I'm down the steps. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be, let it be according to what you say, God. Not according to what my friend says. Not according to what my relative says. Not according to what my friend in church says. Not according to what my spouse says. Not even according to what I say, but according to what you say. If you say I'm highly favored, if you say I'm chosen, if you say I'm blessed, if you say it was your pleasure to create me to do something great, then let it be according to what you say. And I'm going to tell you something. Here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. I believe that when she said, let it be to me, according to your word, she was pregnant. She was pregnant right there. You know, when the spirit hovered over the chaos in Genesis 1, once the word was spoken, everything changed. She got into agreement with God. The power of the Holy Spirit was right there. All of a sudden, baby. All of a sudden, conception. So if, do I really need to get into the abortion issue? I mean, it's so plain as day. He chose you before. I can't. He planned a long time ago. Trying to stay out of politics. But really, that's not a political thing. Really, that's not a political thing. That's just an obvious thing. And if you've been involved in or anything like that, it doesn't matter. You're forgiven. God's grace is sufficient for everything. Amen? Paul killed Christians before he wrote 25% of the New Testament. So I'm not laying guilt on anybody. I'm just saying, let his word be true. Let his word be true. 
let it be according to your word. And here's what I love. And the angel left. Why? There was nothing more to be said. There was nothing more to be done. The word, the Holy Spirit, let it be. The word, the Holy Spirit, behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word. See, the only keep it, thing keeping you from understanding you're highly favored, you're chosen, you're blessed is you. Nobody else can talk, should be able to talk you out of it because he said it and he decided it. Who do you believe? I don't know about you, but I believe him. Because as much as when you believe a lie, you give it power. Think about this. You know, being a pastor and sometimes being like Solomon. Remember the two women came to Solomon about the baby and they both said it was theirs. And you know, people will come to me in church and say, somebody did something to me. Or somebody else will say, somebody did that to me. If your first reaction was to believe the first thing you heard, there'd be a lot of damage done. Because there are two sides to every story. But if you choose to believe the first thing, and it ends up not being true, you just gave power to a lie that will do nothing but destroy. So when the enemy throws you a lie and says, you're not highly favored, you're not chosen, God doesn't have a future for you, you need to immediately say, shut up, because there's another side to this story, and I believe that one. You know, when I lost my first couple hundred thousand in the market, and that happened a few times, so I can say my first. It's true. Sarah, you're even happy about that. <laughs> She's so happy all the time. They told my wife, her family, our friends, told her to divorce me. And she never considered it. Did you? No. no. Maybe for a minute. Imagine if she would have listened to that word. Victoria, you wouldn't be here. Joey, you wouldn't be here. One thing, one bad piece of advice, one lie. Aren't you glad you stuck with me? Yep. Praise him. Yeah, you better. <laughs> Listen, let his word be true in your life. Now, right now, there are some people that have never put their trust in Jesus. They've never heard God literally speak to them and say, you're highly favored, you're chosen, you're blessed. Because you can't hear God without God. So this is your opportunity. The Holy Spirit is here. We didn't have to invite the Holy Spirit here. We just need to be aware of the fact that he's here. And he is moving on people right now. And he, he's waiting for your heart to open so he can come in and change you forever. He wants to interrupt somebody today. And how does it happen? When you say, let it be according to your word. And what does God's word say? It says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be changed. That's what it says. So we're going to say that prayer today because I want to make sure everybody here has the opportunity 
because the Holy Spirit is here today and he's moving and he's going to move when the when that door is open he's gonna move in and when you say the prayer something's gonna happen and you're gonna be changed forever and who knew this morning that it was a 10 year old boy who's been here every week for months who is sitting in the middle there and his hand went up and you know people might think well it's just a little listen it doesn't matter how old you are it doesn't matter how young you are my father got saved three months before he died but he got saved this is your opportunity today so if you would bow your heads with me close your eyes just for a moment and say this prayer with me now we all say it but some of us have said it before and our life our life has been changed but we say it again because it's a unity prayer for everyone here that if the Holy Spirit is at the, at the door of your heart, then today you can let him in by what you say. So say this, we say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. Three days later, you raised him from the dead so I could have a new life. Holy Spirit, come into my heart Change me forever. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody keep your eyes closed, your head bowed for a second. This might be the second or third time you said this, but it might be the first time you meant it. It might be the first time you prayed it and you, you just heard from God today and you made the decision. Either one. It says if you acknowledge Jesus before men, Jesus will acknowledge you before his Father in heaven. So if you said that prayer for the first time, to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand where you're sitting. Hallelujah. Okay. Is there anybody else? Raise your hand. You want to raise your hand, but you, you're holding it. Is there anyone else? We'll give you a moment. Okay. For those of you that raise your hand, if you could stand up where you are, please stand up. Hallelujah. All right. Yes. Come on. Come on. 